Hi, welcome to another episode of Photos with Sharita podcast. We're excited to have you joining us today on this episode where we have Angela from Archival Methods as our special guest. This is stuff we all need to know about how to store our printed photos, those special heirloom photos and things that you've inherited and even, you know, kind of your kids' artwork and other things. So, We're glad you're here today to listen, and be sure to jump over to the show notes page at photoswithsharita.com because Angela is providing us with a listener coupon code so you can save money on anything archival they have on their site, and uh, they have a really cool kit we're going to talk about next, so thanks for joining us. Hi, this is Shira with Photos with Sharita, and we are here today with a special guest. I want to make sure, Rita, you're here with me. Hello. I am. Hello, Shara. All right. Well, I know we're both excited to introduce our special guest today, who is Angela from Archival Methods. She's a general manager of Archival Methods, and we're going to ask her some really good archival questions. Hi, Angela. Hi, Shara. Hi, Rita. Well, I want to tell everyone a little bit about you, Angela, and then we're going to dive into our, you know, conversational questions about all things archival. So Angela grew up in a small town in western New York, and she earned her Bachelor of Science degree in sports studies. That doesn't go with archival things, um, Angela, but I'm going to tell them why. And an MBA from St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York. And in 2007, Angela became the marketing and account manager at Archival Methods, which is a young company offering archival storage or presentation products. And then as the company grew, Angela took on additional responsibilities. She oversaw human resources, daily operations, IT troubleshooting, accounting, customer service, and everything in between. Uh, We are very familiar with that. As small business, you wore a lot of hats. And in addition to her office and accounting duties, she works closely with her team on daily operations and troubleshooting. And she actually still works with customers on the best ways to store and archive their family photographs and other keepsakes. And I love how you found out about archival methods. And sometimes it's just um, fun for you to share that. And I'd love for you to tell our listeners um, about the grim job market and how you fell into archival methods and, and how you are in this industry now. So after graduating with my MBA, um, the job market, especially in Rochester, was still not recuperating so well. Um, I was looking for jobs everywhere, um, including Craigslist, which I know these days seems a little <laughs> odd for somebody with an MBA. Um, <laughs> But at that point, I was getting a little desperate. <laughs> um, right. And that's actually where I saw the job posting for Archival Methods. At that time, they'd been in business four to five years. They were looking for somebody with a marketing interest and to help them grow even further. Um, so when Dennis actually gave me a call, will you come in for an interview? I was excited. <laughs> but then I realized I had no idea what Archival meant. Um, You know, I played volleyball in college. I was a sports studies major. I did take photography in high school, um, but I had no idea. So I went to Google, and now 12 years later, I'm teaching others the importance of archival storage and 
working with customers on a daily basis to preserve their collections and family photos. I love that. Love, you know, hey, the power of Craigslist, the internet, and then, you know, ask your best friend, Google, all of our best friends, you know, to find out. So it's been, uh, I'm sure, an interesting journey in all things, you know, archival and collections, all that. But I don't want to overwhelm listeners with archival. We're going to break that down in just a minute. But first, we always like to ask our guests, um, the, you know, a little fun question. And we love to know how many photos are on your phone camera roll right now. So as of today, 5-15-19, I have 2,605 photos. Okay, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I wonder, Rita, we should probably do some kind of average thing to find out. I don't know, it's something about people People have like, they're excited to tell their number and then they feel guilty about their number, but it's just funny. Uh, no judgment. We don't, we just like to know, it, it like gives some people relief to know you know, what other people in the photo industry have on their phone. Uh, One of the things that we ask you, uh, and before I, you know, turn it over to Rita to ask you some archival questions, we always ask if you'll share a favorite photo. And and in this case, we asked you to share a favorite childhood photo. And And I actually loved your email when you shared it. And I want you to tell us about this photo, but maybe you tell us the other one, too. Um, the one that came to mind, you couldn't find. It's gone missing. And I think you said it was with your sister, but you sent us one, I think, with your parents. So tell us the story about the photo that you sent, that you emailed us, that people will get to see on the show notes page at Photos with Sharita. Okay. So the photo that I submitted to you um, is actually a picture of me and my parents. I would say I'm about two to three years old. Um, It was definitely before my brother and sister were born when I was four. They're twins. Um, Looking at the picture, um, it's a side of my parents' house, and the color of the house has changed. It's gray. The trees are no longer there. They fell down during a storm. Um, But this photo, to me, kind of reminds me where I came from. And that it's always somewhere I can go back to, and that my parents and I were the original family, which I joke about. Um, it's just a good picture, a happy time in my childhood to go back. So, as a mother of twins, I think you're saying before the twins invaded your life, they're younger. Were you the were you an only child first? Yes, I was an only child for four years. <laughs> I, I just caught a hint of that because I think of my son the same way. And actually, my mother, his grandma, says that, like, you know, that she calls him poor Everett because the twins came. And then it was like, I don't know what it was like. It was like he had two more siblings. He had sisters. <laughs> yeah, we were but, getting ready for one. And yeah. Then, uh-huh. well, we're having two. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think I think attention I think attention goes to twins, you know, sometimes that two baby thing, and so that only child, and you know, so I think there is a little bit of an invasion of um, that. So you're four year you're four, and I'm not saying you weren't happy after the twins came, but four years of being an only child was probably really good too. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was an adjustment period. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And to this day, like I still joke around about it. Um, but I think they'd actually change my life for the better. So Good. Well, I hope my son will say that at some point. Um, 
I, so I love everything you described about the photo. One of our favorite things is to just hear that because it reminds you of the, all those things when you look, even like you, you talk about the trees that are missing and, and you know, what that things look like that it just takes us back to our past. And, oh, I really love how you painted the picture of the picture, even though I can see it. And now the listeners can go look too. I, I like to hear the words that go with the picture, the story. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. All right. So let's dive into archival stuff and not not to stress anybody about, you know, what kinds of boxes and storage systems that they're currently using, but what kinds they might want to look at now as they dive into their own collection and especially the older print photos, what what archival means and, and what kinds of things they can select and and uh, and why. So, Rita, um, questions for Angela about? Well, I thought, Angela, maybe you could tell our listeners and Sharon and I what the most popular boxes are that people are purchasing um, from archival methods to help preserve their photos. Yeah, I would say the most popular items would be any of our snapshot organizers. So for any photos that are 4 by 6 or smaller, um, we have multiple kits. We have a new kit that will be launched in just probably a few weeks by mid-June. Um, these kits offer you the chance to organize and label your photos. And that's really up to the individual if they want to label them by year, by person, by event. Um, but it's a good way to get everything into one box and organized for them. Um, a couple of our other items that are more popular are our binders and slipcases. A lot of times people want to be able to share and bring them out when the family's over or they're having a get-together. And with these, they have archival pages. They're all made out of archival products. And then you can organize your photos almost in a snapbook kind of fashion. So define archival um, for us. I think we probably, you know, should say that. What what does archival mean? And you know, do do the products have to uh, pass or some kind of test? If if you go into any store, you know, a Target or a Michaels or anything, it says archival. Does it mean it's archival? Like, I, I think that that's good information for listeners. So for something to be considered archival, it needs to be chemically stable. And all of our products and raw materials have actually passed the PAT test, which is the photographic activity test. And in addition to that passing, um, they are acid and lignin-free. Nice. So we don't have to worry about acid and lignin-free if we just look for things that are archival and they're from a reputable company like yours that they... they um, I know that in my world, I've called it the PAT test, but it's the PAT. And what does that stand for? Am I, I'm testing you. Yep, it would be the photographic activity test. Okay, good. Okay, so um, I love the binders and slipcases idea because people want to pull out memorabilia. Uh, and then, of course, for your the loose photos, to put them in boxes. 
And I've seen a prototype of your new system. So we'll make sure that when that's out, I'm not sure when this is airing, that we put a link to that new system with all the different dividers and pieces that you can customize. I love it. Yes, we are. We're very excited for that. So. All right, Rita, what else? What else do we want to know about archival stuff? Because it really makes a difference in how you store your your print collection. And I want to um, kind of go back to what you started asking Angela, um, Shara, about when people go to local Michaels or Hobby Lobby shops. A lot of that stuff does say archival on it. Is there a a price point that a, a consumer could gauge understanding if it really went through the PAT test? Because I think that word makes people feel comfortable that this is safe for their photos. I've seen those little plastic, they're like those little plastic four by six boxes, and it says, for your photographs. I've seen them at different stores. And just that marketing makes people feel comfortable, like this is safe for my photographs. So I was wondering if you could give, I don't know if it's a price point or an extra step of looking one for one more detail when they are uh, looking for those products in, you know, brick and mortar stores. When you go right. and search online, there might be some additional information that you can just gather by reading about the website and some of the policies there. But when you're in a brick and mortar store, what might be that extra step or two that they look for to ensure that they are finding a quality product that will preserve their photos? So I think any more dialogue or text that would read acid and lignin free, or they might even mention the PAT test, are definitely things you're going to want to look for. I know I've been walking through different craft stores, and they have the shoe boxes, and they're beautiful, but they're $2 a box. Yes, exactly. My intuition is that those are not archival. Right. Um, they might say it on their tag, but if they're $2, I know from a manufacturing perspective that they can manufacture an archival box for $2. So for our listeners, I think we want to say when you come across that box, think about that as maybe a sorting box for your photos. It's a, an interim in the process of getting them organized, but make sure you go the extra dollar <laughs> or two for actual preservation and long-term stability for your photos. I think that might be a good way to use those inexpensive boxes, especially if you have them as sorting versus long-term storage. Yeah, I would look at them as more of a short-term storage option. So I I like those words, you guys. You both said short-term and long-term. I want to say temporary, (laughs) right? Like that's the word for me that I thought of as you were both describing that. I feel like archival is more like a marketing um, buzz term, a word, and it doesn't actually necessarily meet like manufacturing safe labels. So we've got to be careful, but I don't want to confuse listeners about it. But so if you have some less expensive boxes, think of them as temporary and really do a little bit more research and look at a place like archival methods. That's why we have you here for making sure you've put the, you know, the, 
the research dollars behind the and the and the chemical testing and all that. So okay, keep going. I, I like like it. Yeah, I would I would agree with what you're saying. If you're going to invest in getting your photos scanned and then keeping the favorite ones to be able to share it with future generations, that's all it takes a lot of time and effort. So make sure then you invest in the proper storage too. The other product I was curious about, Angela, we've talked about our physical photographs. What about negatives or slides? Do you also offer storage boxes for those types of those uh, mediums? We do. So we actually have a kit for negatives, and we also have a kit for slides. We have two, actually. Um, and they come with smaller boxes with dividers and caddies. So, again, it's getting you organized, getting your slides out of the carousels or wherever they may be, and kind of consolidating them to one location. Nice. Um, as far as the negatives, that would actually work the same way. Um, we do have one of our 4x6 kits, which includes envelopes where the negatives can be stored as well. Um, we usually try to recommend people to store negatives separately and in a different location, mm-hmm. just in case one of your pipes might burst or if there's a house fire. Um, if you have the negatives elsewhere, you could always duplicate those photos. Sure. Nice. That's, that's a great that's tip. It's a great tip, and it sort of leads to that next question of where, once people get their favorite photos stored in these boxes, where do you recommend they store them for long-term preservation? Yeah, usually the best places out of any direct sunlight. Um, I wouldn't recommend the attic or the basement because there's usually fluctuations in humidity and temperature. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to want to store them probably not on the first floor if you're in a flood zone or prone right. to that type of environment. And then you're actually, we do recommend putting them in like a hallway closet or a bedroom closet. Again, being aware of what's above the closet. So if you have a two-story home, I wouldn't recommend storing them under your bathroom on the second floor. Yeah, so those are things. Yeah, those are great. I mean, great tips. Uh, the I think a phrase I've heard often is the storage, store your photos in the rooms you live in, but actually not the closet. Yeah. I don't live in the closet. But the, the temperature part, that's not the garage, basement, or attic because of those fluctuations. So I love that. But I love thinking because I, I, I don't want to store them, you know, in the room I live in, literally. I want to store them in closets usually. But I love that upstairs and away from pipes. Like think about what's yes. – yeah. yeah, good one. Well, I also think about we – when we moved to Boston, I experienced humidity for the first time, and it so did everything in my house, basically. And we moved into a, an older home. We put a lot of boxes downstairs, but we put them on pallets because of being concerned about the moisture. And then, obviously, if there was an issue with water. 
and we had a dehumidifier down there. But at some point in time, it stopped working and we didn't know that. Now, none of my photos were down there, but some of the other stuff I had stored down there, all that packing paper had gotten moist and there was a bit of mold. And but luckily, it was towels, dishes, things you can put easily washed and fixed. If it had been any type of memorabilia or photos, even though I thought I had done the right, taken the right steps, it would have been a much different situation. So if anybody out there who's listening thinks, oh, I've taken the right steps, do do some double checks, make sure your, you know, your dehumidifier is working. Um, if anything's stored in a basement that's on maybe pallets, just just for an extra cautionary step. Yeah, it's really a peace of mind to maybe check it every couple months mm-hmm. and um, just be aware of where things are stored. Absolutely. Yeah. That I think I think that's just absolutely dead on because I think of the peace of mind. But what we what happen what happens when we feel like we've got organized or we put them even in archival boxes? Then it's like out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> like we just put it away. <laughs> like oh yay, we did that. But we I think we forget that part where we should check it because of you know the things that change. So I love all these tips. I love 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 them. Um. I have one more question, and then uh, Frida, if you have anything else, but love to give tips in this. Um, and then, you know, listeners can always ask questions via email or uh, on our show notes page. But um, a lot, I still see occasionally, because we all are kind of, we're, well, not kind of, we are in the photo industry, um, magnetic albums, the kind with the plastic and then adhesive and cardboard backing. And I've seen them in stores, and I've seen them say photo safe. And from your experience, would you say those are photo safe? Is there a new kind of magnetic album that is safe with that sticky backing that that you're aware of? Um, not that I'm aware of. And the adhesive that was used mainly, I believe, like in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. strong adhesive. And a lot of times, you can't actually even get the photos off of those pages. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I just wondered if the new ones had some newfangled, um, you know, chemicals that I wasn't aware of. I, I just kind of, like, I cringe a bit. I think, oh, don't put them in magnetic albums. That's the peel and stick thing. Yeah, okay. that would definitely be something I could look into a little further. But as far as I'm aware of right at the moment, I would yeah. probably stay away from them as well. Okay. All right, Rita, anything else? I think uh, Angela's shared some great tips and we encourage people to go visit archival methods because pretty much everything you have is photo safe, right? Yes. Yep. There may be a couple of items on our website, but it's clearly noted that they are yeah. not archival. Good. Good. Um, any other questions, Rita? Not really a question. Uh, it is just that when for folks who are using the different boxes, the different archival boxes to store everything, make sure you label them on the exterior to let maybe others know what's, what's in them. And I think that's a good um, method uh, or a good practice to put into place to always make sure we do that so that when we're moving or if someone inherits them, they know what's in the box and store it properly. And I think a lot of the archival uh, method boxes, and Angela can confirm, they have 
spots to put little label cards or some something to make sure that the um, owner knows what's in it, the person who's, who's working with the, you know, in the box? We do, actually. We also sell final label holders that go on the outside of the box, and that way you can reuse them. So you would print out a label um, from your computer, or you could handwrite them, but they're interchangeable. So you have that option and flexibility to do that. Nice. And I re- I remember one other thing, and I said we were going to stop, but we can just keep the tips going all day. Uh, I like the I you have acid free paper in all different sizes. I know that you know the interleafing things that you want to put between artwork and documents and. You can even do it between album pages and all. I mean, there's so many reasons to have kind of a pack of archival paper. One of the ways that I like to use it in a small size in these boxes, um, to Rita's point about labeling the outside, maybe you want to write a short story or just instructions to whoever might uh, get the box or if you're going to give the box to someone about what's in it, the history. I don't... I want to relieve people of the guilt, if you will, of they don't have to get everything, you know, perfectly organized and all this archival stuff. But gosh, if you just had a box, I have a box of all my grandparents' photos, and I I want to write some things down for my kids and just slip it in there. I mean, I don't have the time to deal with it right now. Um, I've actually had them all scanned already. So, uh, but you know, I want to just make some notes. I could slip that in in archival paper because we've seen what happens with newsprint and, you know, paper that isn't acid free and, uh, it turns yellow and can crumble and all that. So tuck in some paper or cardstock in the, in the box as well with your own notes. That's my tip. I think, yeah, I think that's a good idea, Shira. And then you could also, if you do bring them out when you have people over, or they could even add some notes to them because they might yeah. have different thoughts or memories of a specific photo or Grandma Jane or, you know, so that would be a good way to keep the story going. Yeah, get, use a stack of your 4 by 6 paper or whatever and have that when you have when you start talking about the things that you get out with relatives and friends i love that all right well listen archival methods we we love um what you offer and it helps people so much with their precious precious printed photos especially the old you know multi-generational historic photos um and that's what i'd make sure to get in these boxes first Thank you so much for joining us. And remember that we have our Back Up Your Photos guide, Three Simple Ways. You can get that free at photoswithsharita.com for iPhone or Android. So thanks for joining us, Angela. We appreciate it. Thank you.